We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Okay. It's time again to podcast. You uh, you can tell it's going to be an interesting podcast when the most I have to say for myself is, okay. <laughs> Actually, you know, I I, uh, I feel like that the time I have to podcast is the time when I haven't been doing it a lot, and I'm just sort of anxious a little bit because either it's I feel like uh, I haven't been doing anything creative, I haven't, uh, I- I'm... I'm frustrated with my current condition, which is actually where I'm at right now. Uh, let's talk about my current condition uh, right now. So I have surpassed the one-year anniversary of being unemployed, and I started this podcast uh, as I became unemployed. And I have to say, you know, being unemployed is a very for for over a year I should say being unemployed for over a year is a very strange place to be because you get used to your lifestyle of being unemployed first of all so it, you know it, it tremendous freedom right do whatever you want whenever you want whatever i mean obviously i can't do whenever i want cuz you know things close i have the lovely wife who you know doesn't want me making a ruckus at 2 o'clock in the morning which left to my own devices probably would do probably be a ruckus um and i have to say that being unemployed this time around as opposed to uh five years ago seven years ago in that in that time span um i was staying up much later because there were no dvrs right like i remember i when i had the shack in the back back in redwood city i would turn on uh letterman at eleven thirty. And I would do whatever, you know, I would work on wiring for the recording studio or work on my resume or whatever. And I would have Letterman going and it was great. It was fantastic. And then, you know, after him would be Conan. And then after that would be, um, I think Carson Daly even, you know, would factor into it. Eh, not really. Only on desperate nights. And, it, you know, one thirty would roll around and I'd be like, okay, well, time to pack it in. Let's go to bed. But thanks to DVRs. Um, I, I could have whatever I want in the background all the time while I'm doing whatever. Now, as it turns out, something has changed in me and I'm not really sure what it was, but I don't care about late night television like I used to. I mean, I used to love late night television. Like I would watch you know, um, you know, night after night and I would see everything that they would do and, and obviously I had my favorites. And I, I, but nowadays, I, I mean, honestly, even, you know, in the year I've been unemployed, I have seen, I, I haven't seen a whole episode of late night television. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the invention of YouTube and Hulu, where it's like, well, I, maybe I just watched it in the past because I was maybe afraid of missing something. And so, but, you know, with YouTube and Hulu, it's just sort of like, oh, I missed that. That's uh, all right. I'll just, you know, pop it up on the old uh, interwebs and watch it, which I did when Letterman got, you know, caught cheating on his wife and 
and all of that. And I just called it up. And it was a little tricky. I'll tell you, man, those CBS lawyers, they are doing their job scrubbing uh, YouTube for uh, any mention of Letterman doing his monkey business. Monkey business. Which is so stupid. You know, it, it was really dumb. I feel the way they handle that whole Letterman thing. I don't want to say dumb, but I, I feel overprotective, right? Because he already did it. See, this is the thing. It it was already out there. Okay. So now a bunch of people are going to be talking about it. And most of the time when you leave people to themselves to talk about something, they're going to get it wrong. And it's not to their fault. I mean, they're really trying to do it from memory, you know, and then other people are just dicks and they want to embellish it. And they were like, yeah, man, Letterman totally banged that chick in the ear. And he was like, you hear me now? Boop, boop. And he's like, bitch, I don't even have Verizon. I got at and I'm stealing their lo- slogans and I'm fucking you in the ear, bitch. No, wait a minute. That was Leno. He's into the weird stuff. Anyway, so uh, they, they, they put it out there and then, you know, they did it on the show and then they gave it to a lot of CBS news outlets and they kind of chopped it up and made it smaller and you didn't get to hear the whole apology and you're kind of like, well, wait a minute, I want to see the whole thing. And then there was no way to get the whole thing. And I get it. Look, hey, man, if I was Letterman, hey, man, if I was Letterman, uh, I would not want that out there either. I would not want just anybody in the world to be like, Letterman, videos, you know, just to see some, like, funny stuff. And, you know, throwing myself against a Velcro wall, whatever the old school Letterman clips. But... Uh, and, and so, you know, and then accidentally stumbling upon uh, me confessing about how I banged people who worked for me. So anyway, that's that's my love affair and dislove affair of uh, late night television. And it's kind of weird, too, because I really never thought I would change all that much. But it turns out I'm, I'm I've changed. Well, I really haven't changed all that much. Who am I kidding? But certainly... Uh, you know, the things I was super passionate about, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, is totally different, right? Like the video games I play are totally different. I'm bored with more, most video games. I'm, you know, I, I look at a lot of video games and I'm just like, you know, the video games that are coming out now. And I'm just like, I played all of these. And it was weird because I would say even as, as recent as five years ago, if you had said, Hey, you want to play this exact same genre, this exact same type of game that you just got done finished, you know, uh, finished gaming, I would say, absolutely, let's go. I can't get enough of this genre. Well, you know what? I've totally gotten tired of that genre. Um, I, it's, it's very strange. I can't explain it. But, you know, whether it's gaming, late night television, uh, you know, it's just, it just seems like the more I go on, the more I get bored of things. But then I guess I also, at the same time, I find way I find new things to get excited about. Um, you know, I I'm I'm trying to take some cooking lessons right now, and that I mean, look, let's let's not get carried away. I will never ever love cooking. I will never be that person who is like, oh, you know, cooking is my life. I just I take a hot pan and I throw it on the stove and look at me go. I'm free. I'm in my happy place. No, I will never, ever, 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 ever be that person. But it does, you know, I, I've gotten to a point now with my cooking, you know, because I'm the unemployed person. So in order to 
demonstrate my worth to this relationship, I feel like, hey, man, hey, man, I have to cook. Like, when she comes home, foot in the door, she should smell something amazing, right? And I think everybody should have that philosophy, really, because I don't do it out of pressure. I do it out of that's what I would want if I was the one with the job and she was unemployed. I would not want to do any of the crazy terrible things that I hate doing. I would want it to be done already because what else are you doing all day? You can't be spending eight hours, you know, polishing your resume and searching for jobs. I mean, I guess you could, but I'm, I'm going to, I've been doing it and it sucks and it, and it weighs you down and it, and it, and it beats you down. And especially for the kind of jobs that I'm looking for. And let's talk about for a second, the kind of jobs I'm looking for. Uh, it turns out my grandfather was right. And here's a man who never really understood technology, never owned a computer, died 10 years ago. And yet, somehow he was right. So how was he right? So um, he said, you have a buzzy, mid-rangey voice, and you should get some voice lessons if you want to be in front of the camera. Well, he was right. And I do... And uh, honestly, though, this is not why I'm not on television, but okay, he was right about that. Oh, he uh, tried to get me into baseball. And now look at me. I'm, I'm at the batting cages, like every chance I get when the weather's nice. I'm there and I love it. Uh, I, you, know, I, you know, maybe I don't know if I'd really like throwing the ball as much, but hitting the ball is a lot of fun. And computers. Computers. This was uh, this is the part that totally blows me away is when computers, you know, when the desktop units started coming out, and uh, I think he said to me, he's like, yeah, you should get into computers. And I was like, oh, suck it, old man. I'll film it, and then we'll make money. No, uh, I said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be in performing and broadcasting and all that. Big mistake. Even, even so, you know, such a big mistake, because now the two are the same thing, right? But you know, I could have made a lot more money if I had gotten a computer science degree than if I had, you know, a broadcasting degree, obviously. And here's where I'm at right now. Now, the only reason I am saying this is because I want you, of those of you who are listening to this and have children, which I think is just one of you right now, but for those of you who have children, I am guessing from what I know of you, that if your child is anything like you, they are going to say to themselves, I want to do something great. I want to be great at something. I want to create something. I want, to, I want a great job. I want a great something. And then they're going to get to a point and they're going to be like, for whatever reason, they don't have the skills, they don't have the opportunity, the climate's not right, whatever. They're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to... I'm not going to do something great. Okay, fine. I've resigned myself to that. Okay, so you know what? I'm just going to throw myself into my job, my crummy-ass job that is unfulfilling, because you know what? They're all crummy, and they're all unfulfilling, unless you are a psycho. And if you are a psycho, by all means, channel that into your job. But all jobs suck. I mean, and, and, and if your job is great, then and you're not in the entertainment industry, all power to you. But uh, at some point when 
your career does not turn out like you had hoped, then you're going to start saying, okay, well, if I'm going to be doing this job that sucks for a long time, I better at least get paid well for it. And guess where I am? I mean, even if I had a job, I've been looking at the jobs that I would do online. I mean, you know, I would do at the salaries that people are offering online. And I, you know, I used to do desktop repair. And then it seemed like most of the jobs that I'm seeing out there, they're offering, you know, not a lot of money to do it. And we live here in, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area. It's very expensive. Silicon Valley, very expensive. And I am expected to do a job. I'm an older dude. I'm not right out of college. And you want me to do a job for not a lot of money living in one of the most expensive parts of the country. Yeah, that kind of blows. And so now my great dilemma is, oh, man, I got to figure out how to do this. I got to figure out how I can get into a better bracket and, 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 and get myself some kind of better gig. So what I am saying to this, and I don't want your pity. Oh, no, wait. If your pity will get me a higher paying job, I totally want your pity. Bring it on. Bring on the pity truck. Back up the pity truck to my house and let me swim in it. I assume that's the kind of truck that you are bringing, you know, like, like if it was a garbage truck and then I started swimming it and then you crushed me, man, bummer. Anyway, so I'm saying this because I want people who have kids, people, people singular, not people plural, people singular who have kids who are listening to this to sort of say like, um, I, I, right before they go to college, (laughs) oh, this would be great. Oh, this is a great plan. All right, you're going to totally thank me for this in like ten, fifteen years. When they get like their seventeenth birthday, right before they go to college, I want you to buy them something big and sweet, and like not like a bull or a, like a cow. I don't want that. Like a nice grass-fed cow, that is not going to solve this problem at all. I, what I meant, I meant sweet, sort of uh, metaphorically. Uh, don't don't take it literally. Anyway, buy them something big and expensive. Right? Like an MRI machine. Yeah, no. Um, but something that they really want. And before you give them like, like, let's say it's a car. Car would be perfect, right? Because you get one of those giant novelty bows. You duct tape it to the roof. No, don't duct tape it. Put that, put that painter's tape on it because then it won't peel off the paint, you know, if it has to be there for a long time. And yeah, and, and so then you march them out there. Just right at the time you're going to hand them the keys. You put the keys in their hand, but you don't let go of the keys and you go, now listen, I know you think that what you're going to study is going to be awesome, but I can almost guarantee if it's something stupid, you ain't going to get a job in it. And if you do get a job in it, it's going to pay crap. So every time you drive this damn car, I want you to think Could the job that I am going to get my stupid degree in buy me this car? And if it can't, maybe you're in the wrong degree. (laughs) Maybe you're in the wrong program. And honestly, though, like, you know, if you're if you're an idiot like me, of course, I probably would have been like, I'm going to be an actor. I'm super talented. Yeah, right. At my high school, I was talented. And I know what you're saying. Keep it positive, people. Well, I'm sorry. I'm having a lot of trouble keeping it positive. I've been unemployed for a year. What would you do, tough guy? So anyway, that's uh, that's stuff I've been wrestling with today. 
So uh, also in uh, personal news, uh, oh, oh, podcast recommendation, podcast recommendation. Um, I am loving uh, the a, a Life Well Wasted. So I can't remember if I recommended it or not. It's video games meets This American Life. Awesome. Take a listen. A Life Well Wasted. The other thing is, is uh, my wife and I went out with a bunch of her friends or her coworkers uh, last night. And she said, oh, this guy we're with, uh, he really enjoys Adult Swim. Uh, do your Meatwad impression. Now, if you have not seen Adult Swim, it's a block of time on uh, Cartoon Network for the adults. It's, it's sort of uh, spawned, it's named after, you know, uh, the old practice of when you were at a pool, uh, like a community pool, there was a, an Adult Swim time. And that was like, get all the kids out of the pool. I want to swim laps. Just go. And then the adults would swim. And then like an hour would go by. And then kids would swim again. And so they had this show called Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Which if you haven't seen it, they, they, it, it was so popular, they made a movie out of it. And there was one character on it who was a, a, a raw... It, it was a, the three characters were as a shake... A talking uh, milkshake, a talking uh, packet of French fries, and um, a a raw clump of meat. And and if you if you if you watch it, if you decide that that thrilling description is totally inspiring, and you must watch it, uh, then uh, skip. I would say like the first four or five episodes because it seemed like they had this weirdo premise in the in the beginning of like these three items are going to go fight crime. And then quickly they lost that idea, which made the show like infinitely better. And this is again, getting back to the idea of uh, TV shows and just giving them a chance, giving them a chance to like sort of find themselves and find their voice. And it's amazing in life. How many times you do something and think like, well, it is going to be like this. And then you start down that path and you're like, well, that's that's not right at all. I, I oh no, that was totally wrong. And I found that in so many facets of life: uh, database design, television shows, even where to put the camera to shoot a simple scene of just some stupid thing that I've been working on. It's it's amazing how just even the simplest of things where you think, well, it's going to be like this, and it's not. Which doesn't mean it can't exist. It just means. It's not going to exist like that. So you have a good idea. If you have a core belief in the thing that you're going to do, then then do it. Keep doing it. You have to analyze. Oh, this is going to be a bitch and tie in. Just you wait. You, your mind is going to be blown. The bitch and tie in I'm just about to do. You have to analyze essentially the thing you want to do, right? You have to say to yourself, and you have to be really super honest. You can't be like these delusional douchebags on American Idol. You have to be really super honest with yourself and say like, okay, look at what's successful and look at what I am doing. Is what I am doing either better or significantly different and good? It has to... You. I don't care how, what sort of formula you're working on. And good always has to be in there, right? Because you would believe how many people are like, well, it's different. Yeah, well, it sucks and it's different. Congratulations. Oh, so anyway, so you have to analyze what you're doing and saying and saying, well, 
is this good enough to continue? And if it is, then how can we do this next step of it, even though we've realized this isn't working? How do we how do we massage it and work it into something that will work? Oh, so getting back to um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, so uh, the only reason I bring this up is just because this is kind of where my head's at. So I started thinking about it because I haven't watched it in a really long time. Uh, but uh, Miriam wanted me to do my Meatwad impression for uh, this uh, ex-coworker of hers who uh, watches Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And what's fun, so Meatwad has a very distinctive voice. And it's, you know, he goes up and pitch and down and pitch and all this stuff. But but what I really like is the more sort of dejected Meatwad. And I don't really know why, because Meatwad has really sort of one emotion, which is, super happy all the time like it doesn't matter like how much master shake uh, abuses him he's always very upbeat he's always very positive but every once in a while he gets sort of like sort of street and sort of sort of i, I don't want to say pissed off because that would be too harsh of a term but he, he gets a little testy i will say so it would you know, an exchange might go something like where he he shifts from super happy to testy would be like, Hey, everybody, let's go to the zoo! The zoo, everybody, let's go! And then, uh, you know, be, you know, and then, you know, Master Shake uh, will say like, you know, hey, man, sorry, we, we're not going today. Hey, man, we're not going today. You said we were going to go. I planned my whole week around this, man. You said we were going to go to the zoo. I was going to feed the pandas. I got my whole eucalyptus ready to go. So it's, uh, <laughs> I just, I just find myself walking around the house going, damn laundry ain't gonna do itself. I gotta, what is this? Is this underpants? I gotta put this on extra hot. 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 So anyway, that's what I've been up to. So today's topic is analysis. Now, I know this sounds a whole lot like one of the previous episodes where I asked you to rethink certain things. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, this, you can think of this as just sort of the sequel and hopefully I won't repeat too much of it, but here goes. So I've been doing a lot of analyzing lately. I mean, good God, when you're unemployed, what else are you going to do, right? But sit on your ass and sort of analyze your life. And I, I really enjoy being an analytical person. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess you can sort of say like, well, hey, man, you've never been anybody else. You know, how, how do you know any other world? Wouldn't it be awesome? And I guess you're right. OK, OK, I'll cut you. I'll cut you me di- this dialogue between me and me some slack. There are times when it would be super awesome to be less analytical. I mean, you know, when I go to the movies, I would ah oh, going to the movies, man. Hey, man. And there are people who go to the movies and they're just like, I just want to see a fun movie where I turn off my brain for an hour and a half because, you know, I think enough at work. I don't need to think during the movies. I, I'm going to guess. I have a theory going on here that you actually don't think at all at work. And this is just, you know, you at work, you at movies, pretty much the same thing. It's just you staring blankly at a screen, eating popcorn, uh, your feet stuck to the floor, and you whispering to the person next to you, I don't understand. What's going on here? Yes, at work, at the movies, same damn thing. Who is that guy? 
That's Bob from accounting. He's worked here for five years. You say it every single damn time he walks by. I don't know. Is he the guy who rides the bicycle? No. Yeah, it sounds just like that. Even though you are so non-analytical, you're unaware of how it sounds to us. But I really enjoy being analytical because it does it does help me get past things, right? So it allows me to say, listen, man, you have been here before. How did you handle that before? Because you're still alive. Didn't kill you. What happened? And I can say, oh, right, 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 right. You know, I... I felt this way and I did this thing. Okay. Okay. It's going to be okay. I can just, I can do this and we can go forward. And another great way that analysis has helped me is (laughs) analysis has helped me not buy some really stupid stuff. Cause I have like, when I, when I um, start my computer in the morning, um, I have a whole folder of bookmarks that I like to read in the morning because they're just silly, stupid stuff. I just like to turn my brain off in the morning when I eat cereal, you know, because it's cereal. And you're like, oh, I don't want to think while I'm eating cereal. Uh, But it's not cereal. It's granola. It's got a little banana in it, uh, maybe some flaxseed. That's how I roll. So uh, I have this whole folder of bookmarks and I pop them open and they all propagate. Oh, Google Chrome, everybody. What? What? Anyway. That's my browser of choice. Don't ask me what a browser is. If you don't know what a browser is, you should not be listening to this. Okay, we are not friends anymore if I say, what's your favorite browser? And you'd be like, what's a browser? No. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. We're still Facebook friends. We're still Twitter followers. But really, I will not be barbecuing with you. No. No. So anyway, so I have a whole folder full of bookmarks that I pop open every morning while I'm eating my uh, granola. And um, uh, many of them are shopping sites. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Um, and they are, but they are discount shopping sites. And sometimes, every once in a while, I'll see, you know, uh, Whirly Bird Doodle Dad for $5. And I'll be like, oh my God, that's awesome. And I'll be like, wait a minute, come on, man. And then this is where the analytical part comes in. Like, because, right, like there's the... You know, I'm like Herman's head, boop, boop, up up in my dome uh, where I've got, uh, except, you know, in the original TV series, Herman's head uh, starring uh, Hank Azaria as the horny friend uh, in my brain. But, you know, let's just be clear. Hank Azaria was not in the head. He was around, you know, he was he was Herman's friend. And then in in the head was uh, the girl from Yes, Dear. She was in there, and then uh, I think the fat guy from Head of the Class, uh, he was in there. Wow, could I make more 80s references, 90s references for people who have no idea what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, last podcast, I was like, I want more evergreen topics. Hey, I'm going to talk about the you know shows that haven't been on the air for 20 years. Awesome, look at me go. Anyway, so... In my head, there's like the cheap guy, but then there's also the analytical guy. And, you know, cheapy guy is like, it's $5. And then analytical guy is like, hey, man, what up? It's $5, but A, it's $5 plus shipping. So what are you going to get two of them to like uh, differentiate the... No, wait, he doesn't use... 
stupid words wrongly, uh, to, to subsidize, um, dissipate. I don't know. Screw it. Uh, or are you looking at this thing and you're, you buying it only because it's cheap or are you actually going to use this thing? And then of course, uh, you know, after some, some good right crosses and uppercuts, uh, cheapy guys like laying in the corner, he's like, damn it, you man. You're right. You're right, analytical. You got me again. Uh, I ain't going to use it. Who am I kidding? You and not, I am not going to use it. Oh, speaking of which, just started uh, watching The Wire, which is uh, unilaterally when I have, you know, fresh air online, my friends, everybody who has seen it is like greatest TV show of all time. So uh, recently I guested on somebody's podcast to talk about, you know, the way TV shows end and, and you know, just TV in general and all this stuff. It's on my mind, so I'm like, I'm going to start watching The Wire. Now, here's the problem with The Wire. Too much personal stuff. Personal. 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 Stuff. Um, I, I, I don't care, right? I don't care that you're having troubles with your ex-wife. I don't care that you're a lesbian, although I did enjoy that part where you did get naked, so if you're going to do some more of that, then yeah, I'd kind of like to see that some more. Um, and really, honestly, as long as you're a chick, I don't care, lesbian, straight, bi, who cares? Get naked. Get naked, show your boobies on TV. I am in. Oh, entourage. Who's your baby? No, wait, who's your daddy? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, but the problem is with The Wire too much stuff about their personal life and it moves at a snail's ass pace. Oh my God. So anyway, um, I asked people about The Wire and I was like, look, I, I know everybody says it's great, but I've been watching this and it kind of goes nowhere. What do you got? And and uh, the Maximum Funsters, they were like, yeah, no, no, give it to episode five. It'll be fine. So I was like, all right, damn it. Five episodes. So I'm going to keep watching it. I'm going to try and see if uh, Miriam will get into it because it'll make it easier for me uh, if she's into it and, and I'm into it. Otherwise, i got to watch it on my own. Some Oh, but anyway, in, in terms of being analytical with uh, uh, movies and TV shows and whatnot is every once in a while there comes a, a TV show or a movie where they reward – the anal the, the analytical viewer like myself like the person who looks for clues and looks for metaphors i mean you take a movie like heathers right that movie that movie is really fantastic because it it presents itself as here's a teen comedy or here's a dark teen comedy uh enjoy it uh and so you watch it and you think like oh that was fun and then you watch it again and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. They are doing some serious monkey business here. They are doing a lot with color and symbolism and, and just all these subtle, subtle elements that if you're not paying attention, you'll miss. But if you are paying attention, you are rewarded. Yay! And I think really this is what bugged me about Lost was – they led me down this road that this was going to be a reward. This was going to be awesome for uh, the analytical viewer. And it wasn't. 
And I don't know why they took me down that path, but it was a crappy-ass path to go down when you thought, hey, I'm an analytical viewer, I care, I look at the numbers, I look at all this stuff that goes on in the background. Nope. Nope. And I and, and that is a, a real big bummer about being the analytical viewer is when you think, hey, I've got something that I can sink my teeth in to and then you can't and you're like, oh, because it's a it's a shock because then it kind of, oh, OK, that's not this. Oh, all right. I got to realign myself. Oh, and let's talk about analyzing the thing you think you need, right? Like this is, this is a huge problem that, that a lot of people face is that um, something will come along, a new technology, and then everybody will jump on it and say like, well, we need that. Really? Well, what are you trying to do? What, what is it that, that you are expecting to achieve with this? Um, a great example of this is, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Jordan Jesse Go, um, uh, Sound of Young America, both great podcasts, and sort of the umbrella of that is MaximumFun.org. And uh, Jesse Thorne, the runner of that whole organization, came on to the message boards and he was like, I, I want to get a new project going and I feel stagnated. I just, I want to do something. And yet, I don't know what it is. I want everybody else to recommend something. And what I wrote back was, well, what do you hope to get out of this? Because once you know that, I think that will inform your decision about what it is you're actually going to do. And uh, Christopher Drum uh, at ChristopherDrum.com, uh, he, he frequently talks about well, what is it that you really want? What is this going to be? You know, because he taught a class recently on um, iPhone development, you know, iPhone application development, iPad application development. And it was really like, well, can you be served in some other way? Can you do a podcast? And can you do a blog? Can you do, does it have to be an iPhone app? Or are you looking at this and saying, iPhone app, iPhone app? Because that is what the new thing is. And, and honestly, if it's going to be an iPhone app, can it be just an iPhone app that's a bunch of JavaScript that points to some other thing? Because initially, that was all iPhone apps were. There was no iPhone store. If you wanted a, an iPhone app, it was just some JavaScript and you built some things and it was really simple. Now they're like, you know, full-blown executable programs totally different. And and here's another here's another good example of almost the same thing. Uh, I was recently listening to Chris Hardwick. Hmm, that'd be a good name for a porno star. I'm just realizing. Hardwick. Yeah. I was uh, listening to Chris Hardwick on the Fitzdog Radio podcast, which is also a very good podcast. And Chris Hardwick has his own very good podcast, which is the Nerdist. And I, I was really disappointed with Mr. Hardwick. Um, uh, uh, so uh, Chris Hardwick was a guest on the Greg Fitzsimmons podcast, and he was uh, being paired with some porn star whose name I can't remember. And Hardwick kind of looked over at her 
and said, is your website, this is what a nerd he is. And he was like, is your, are your website, is your website doing flash video or HTML5? Now, as we have previously covered, the iPad and the iPhone do not support flash. So, um, she was like, duh, I don't know. Cause honestly, I mean, come on, she doesn't program the website. She doesn't upload the files. She was like, she may have done the HTML, but you know, not likely. Um, so she didn't know, and he was like, oh, you got to get your, your videos to HTML5. Now, look, I have not felt so much passion towards a new technology in a long time. But look, HTML5 is not really that, right? Like, I've, I've been looking at HTML5, and there are a couple of big problems with it. One, browser-dependent, right? So you have, you know, you can get all kinds of stats back from the people who look at your website and, you know, your website will know what kind of browser they have. And so you just have to run a report and see. But HTML5 does not work in every single browser. Even even the browsers out now, like IE9, I guess, is out now. That doesn't support HTML5. And it's it's not super easy to say, like, well, this is code for HTML5 browsers, but if you're not HTML5, then you've got to do this. And honestly, who wants to do that? Who wants to support two separate code bases? You want to write one website, and you want it to work, and you want it to work it on, on all the browsers of the customers who are coming to see you. There's another good analysis point. Who's coming to see you? You can figure that out. You have to do some analysis. Do the homework. But let's look, let's let's keep going with the HTML5. You have to be dependent on your users having an HTML5 compliant browser. So if your Engadget or Gizmodo or any of these other gadget podcasts, well, of course, all of your users they're they're masturbating to the thought of HTML5 right now. So of course they're gonna say. Oh, you know, you can say to them, well, we're going to throw up a bunch of HTML5, CSS3 stuff, and, and of course your browser will support it, of course. Uh, but, you know, depending on what website you do, you know, maybe a lot of your users aren't going to be able to support that. Okay, so then, the thing that drives me insane about what Hardwick had to say was, you, a woman who runs a porno site... What are you, you know, you should have HTML5 so people can look at it on their iPad. Okay. Now, what Hardwick missed, and I get it. He was in the heat of passion. He was blinded by boobies, probably. He missed it. Okay, now I'm not going to talk about me. I'm just saying in general. I've heard this, you know, uh, Adam Carolla has spoken about this many times. Many people who visit pornography websites like to have three or four tabs open at one time because most porno websites have ratcheted back their throughput and only give you, you know, a little bit of data at a time. They don't know, you know, they're not being specific to, you know, which person. So they're not saying like, Adam Carolla, you only get, you know, a uh, hundred kilobytes a second. No, they're saying, this request gets X number of kilobytes, this number, you know, request gets X number of kilobytes a second. So all of those requests could be coming from you. You could have 40 tabs open at once and you'll still get the same data 
per second as you would at four tabs per second. But the truth is, is the way people watch this is multi-tabbed, right? And you cannot do that on any phone. You can't do that on iPad. Actually, there's some phones you might be able to do it to. But the truth is, is you want multi-tabs open, A, but even more importantly, you want both hands free. Which means you're not going to be looking at it on an iPhone. You're not going to be looking at an iPad. So you can keep doing Flash video if and you want. And I have to say, Flash video, not a bad codec, not a bad file size, not a bad bang for your buck. So if you're looking at building a website, go ahead, flash, flash it up, yo. So my favorite, you know, because I have this ridiculous analytical mind, I love analyzing the thing that should not be analyzed. Like comedy. Oh my God, I love explaining why things are funny and, and debating it, which is stupid because like nothing kills comedy faster than analyzing it unless you're with a bunch of other analytical people. I, I took this class uh, once called The Art of Comedy, and I pitched as a paper um, why the rule of three was important. And, you know, the rule of three of comedy is, you know, basically there's a setup, a middle, and a punchline. And then, the, I, you know, I sort of promoted it. I was saying, like, you know, this is why uh, the rule of three is important because, you know, this is the whole structure of jokes in general. And then I sort of said, well, you know, what's great about comedy is that in order to create it, sometimes you have to violate your own rules and say, you know, um, where we are expecting the third, the rule of threes, because now that has become a rule and people are used to it. Now we have to go to the rule of twos to violate the rule and throw people off guard. So when you say a joke like a man walks into a bar, ouch, now we've taken a totally common construct and broken it down to two. I mean, my God, do you understand the analysis that's going on here, people? It's out of control. And so, you know, I, I realize it's kind of hacky and kind of, you know, an easy thing to do, you know, with stand-up comedians, you know, especially I think sort of Seinfeld. Seinfeld, I think, really sort of, you know, everybody talks about Seinfeld being an observational comic. Really, though, I think Seinfeld was an analytical com comic because he took... Just simple ideas and really just crush them into their atomic particles. Like the whole idea of seltzer versus salsa, you know, and how similar they sound. He made jokes about that. Uh, he took... Uh, one of my favorite over-analyzations is Scooby-Doo, right? Because Scooby-Doo doesn't make any damn sense at all. Here's why. You got a bunch of kids in a van, no available source of income, who appear to be semi-pro ghost chasers. And they could turn pro at any time. Don't get me wrong. Their skills are undeniable. But... Of all the ghosts they've seen, of all the crazy crap they've run into, nobody ever thinks to say, We've got a talking dog! Do you know how much money they could make off of pimping out a talking dog? 
He talks. And then, and then, it gets to wonder, who actually hears the talking dog? Is it Scooby? Is it Shaggy? Is it Fred? Is it Velma? Is it Daphne? And who is Fred having sex with? I'm going to guess both of the ladies. And I'm guessing Shaggy and Scooby are so high on Scooby Snacks, which how does a not famous dog have his own branded snack? Really? I mean, you got to be famous on some level to have your own snack. I'm not famous. I don't have my own snack. Nobody's running around with Alan snacks. Stuff it up your ass. I got Alan snacks. No, of course not. Because I'm not famous. Huh. Huh. And this is what occupies a lot of my day. Like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Really? Were you always a kind of white amorphous blob? Because you kind of look like Richie Rich. A dead Richie Rich without the bow tie. Another fun analytical thing that we used to do, um, we had a, uh, a class that we were supposed to analyze stuff in a Freudian way and sort of analyze it for sexual overtones. Damn it, man. If you can't find sexual overtones in anything, we picked apart Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, let that sink in. The title alone says sexual overtone. That's what I'm talking about. And that movie is super easy. Forget about the part where Benny Hill takes uh, kids and throws them into cages. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Bring on the sexual overtone. So what I'm saying is, is, and I love saying that, by the way. I love saying what the is is. I don't know why. I I can't. That is something that is beyond analysis. Uh, But, um... But yeah, Benny Hill is in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Deal with it. And he doesn't even make uh, any fast running around motions. He doesn't smack a bald man on the head. Oh, he is multifaceted, that Bunny Hill. Mm. I like that I've turned into Medea defending Benny Hill. Mm, Don't you tell me Benny Hill's only one-sided. Uh-uh, I will show you multi-passes of his personality. Wow. I've amused myself. Fantastic. So, I have to say, this podcast is a very strange thing. Like, I, um, A, I was feeling down when I started it, and now I'm feeling up. But B, earlier today, I wrote an employer about why their job posting was wrong. This was a job that I had already interviewed on and gotten turned down for. And I wrote them back, and I was like, this is why this is wrong, your job posting, and why... I applied for it because I wouldn't applied for it if you had appropriately posted it correctly. And uh, right in the middle of this podcast, I got a phone call from that very employer uh, asking for more uh, help in uh, writing a better online job posting. Now, this is what my analytical mind has done for me. I looked at it. I broke it apart. I wrote it down. I proofread it two or three times. I sent it off. There you go. And what's even crazier, I, well, I'm going to, I'm all right, I'm going to vote it. I'm going to vote it. I'm going to call it. I'm going to say it. What's even crazier than that is this was an idea that I had last week and I tried to do this podcast and it didn't work out. And so I bailed on it and I just did something freeform, which, which worked out just fine. 
But how I got from there where I thought this topic was nothing to here where I've done, uh, a, you know, a sizable podcast on it, I can't explain it. And you know what? Sometimes that's just okay. Sometimes your analytical mind has to just say, sometimes stuff doesn't make sense. And you just got to roll with it. So for the children of the future, with your brain plugs and your holograms and your 3D dimensionals, maybe that's something that you can take with you forever. Maybe that's my evergreen idea for right now. So for the giant sequoias, the pine needles, for all those things that are evergreen, from Tyler Durden... From that crazy HR lady that called me on the phone. For you, hoping I have more bad days that will make me want to do more podcasts that will help you turn your day around. For more Meatwad impressions. For Meatwad. Let's do this one more time. Till then. <laughs> <laughs>